Good morning, good afternoon, good night, everybody, wherever you are watching, wherever you are listening to England is burning for, I was about to say January, actually July. (laughs) Oh my God, what's wrong with me? I'm losing my mind, just like in other shows where I don't know what day it is. All right, so it is the 22nd of March, 2021. This is your Manchester City weekly feature. Emma is back from the Man City Women fan cast. Emma, welcome back. We're here to talk about Bristol and we're talking about Barcelona, two Bs. Emma, welcome back. Hi, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, sorry I wasn't around last week, but yeah, back back again. It's great to be back. Thank you. Oh, Emma, you got to have a life, you know. You got you got to have a life outside of doing podcasts and, and doing a podcast and talking about Manchester <laughs> City. Uh, you know, you got to have a life. So yeah, no worries about that whatsoever. So let's first talk about the match uh, in midweek against Bristol City. Uh, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Uh, I, I have a soft spot for Bristol City. Uh, Bristol City uh, made it to the final uh, of the Conti Cup and they got rolled by Chelsea, um, but they you know, had a remarkable run to a cup final, uh, which was remarkable for them. And they have been in much better form than the other teams that are in uh, the relegation fight uh, that is currently going on between, I would say, probably four teams right now between them, Aston Villa, Birmingham and Tottenham. Um, you know, they got a draw yesterday against Tottenham, uh, you know, 1-1 to get them out of the bottom of the table. But City beat them 3-0 at Bristol. Uh, Emma, what were your, what, what's your takes initially from that match? I'm a bit like you, really. I, I have got a bit of a soft spot for Bristol and would really like to see them stay up, to be honest. I think since Matt Beard's come in, I think, um, with regards to, to Bristol and their application it seems to be a lot more positive uh, coming out of the squad. Um, so yeah, obviously off the back of the the win that they had against Reading, and and that headache from the Conti Cup didn't really kind of know what we were going to get from Bristol really mm-hmm. um, on Wednesday. But to be fair to them, they were quite defiant. I think they you know they they didn't give up. You know they kept pressing, and I think I think they played really well. You know considering obviously the result earlier in the season. Um, it was definitely a much better performance from them. And we looked a little bit sloppy at times, um, but it's three goals, three points, and they're really big points in terms of our season campaign. So, yeah, I was really happy to go out and get the result. Bristol, I, um, the thing I took away from Bristol City was they um, they think, I think they had a message to send. I think they were like, we're not going to give up easily. Uh, and we're going to give everyone all the way through to the end, everything we have. Uh, they played with a lot better mentality and a lot better level of fitness than they did in the first matchup, which was, I believe, a 7-1, I believe, at the end. Um, at the end of that match, if I'm correct. I think I'm it was sure. eight, actually. Could have been eight. Yeah, I think it was eight. But I think Bristol City also had issues with COVID and had players out. There was some controversy whether or not the, the match which should even have been played um, because I, it, there seemed to be some issues not having enough players uh, on the squad then. But there's been a coaching change and everything else. But they came out with a lot of really strong mentality. I was incredibly impressed with the level of mentality, the better level of fitness, the work rate was much higher. Um, and they were not intimidated, uh, you know, you know, facing the really high press that, that City gave. Of course, they got tested with a high press that Chelsea managed to, to put on them as well. But even with that, um, you know, they came out fighting. And I also got to be impressed with Sophie Bagley, who made some excellent saves. 
um, you know, as well. Absolutely outstanding for Bristol this season. And this is where an area, y'all, though, you know, you know, I love numbers. And if you look at just Sophie Bagley's numbers, her numbers are not good. (laughs) But the the numbers (laughs) lie about her because she is so much better than her statistics. And unfortunately, she is an unfortunate victim of, you know, having some uh, inexperienced and at times poor defending in front of her um, and putting her in a pretty, um, you know, pretty harsh positions. But uh, you can probably have the most make... action of any goalkeeper in the WSL. Well, that's true, right? Right. Yeah, that's the one statistic that does matter, which is she's faced more shots on target than yeah. anybody else sure. uh, in the league. But she's uh, pretty awesome. City's lineup. I mean, you had Ellie, uh, you, you know, back at goal. Um, you know, Georgia Stanway, right back, center backs were Dal Camper and Alex Greenwood. I was a little bit is Alex does have experience in the in the center back position um but I usually we usually see her on the wing um yeah left back that's right yeah and uh at left back was uh SMA Morgan um you know and she's had some really good experience Kira Walsh was in the midfield along with Sam Mewis and Caroline Weir and in the front line was Chloe Kelly and Ellen White and Lauren Hemp um, but some sloppiness to start with, right? Yeah, a little bit sloppy. I think it's, it was a bit of a strange one, really, because I think, obviously, we had a lot of lot of games. You know, we've had, a, obviously, a lot of players coming in and out of the squad. Obviously, Lucy Bronze, Steph Horton, not available for that game um, as a precaution. So, yeah, there, there were a few changes. I think, obviously, George going into right back, Um Esme into that left back sort of position. Uh, Greenwood, like you said, moving to centre back. So there were a lot of changes. So it was it was interesting really to see the squad adapt again. But you know those players offering that sort of versatility. You know when needed, sort of mm-hmm. stepping in and, and covering where required. I probably was a little bit wrong in it being kind of a stoppy slot because I got two goals in the first 30 minutes, but well, yeah. uh, you know, so, but you know, it took, a, it took, it seemed to take a while with the work rate that Bristol was kind of putting out there. I mean, Sam Mewis gets a, as an off target shot in the fourth minute, but then it was eight minutes later until city was managed to get another shot, which was the goal by Caroline. Weir, uh, 11 feet out on a right foot, um, from a, you know, from a, yet another pass from Chloe Kelly, who we keep talking about yeah. giving passes to, um, and then, you know, and continued, uh, uh, but the next couple of shots, one was blocked. Another one was off target. Um, and, the thing, but the thing with Bristol is they kept Bristol kept trying to play out of the back and try to get through the press, and they just had so much of a hard time holding on to the ball. Their passing percentage was like sixty-one percent, and you know, and that's kind of you know what made it very difficult for them to really build out from you know what they were trying to do. But they held firm defensively, um, and they really did try to challenge and try to block some of the, the passing lanes. Um, because the key to, to defending against City, right, is to stay as resolute and organized as possible and don't spread out too much and open up space for players to go go wander into. Um, and so for, I mean, for a while, I mean, the, head, the game remained pretty well still for the next 60 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And I think that's credit to Bristol again and their sort of application. I think huge improvements from obviously that that we've seen from Bristol earlier in the season and 
it's just a shame that it's it's come under sort of Matt Beard coming into the squad and he just seems to be getting the better out of the team. And like you said, that mentality is, you know, you spoke it spoke of it, but it really is important. Uh, but it's really starting to show um, in some of Bristol's performances. And and obviously the posit- positives from that game have carried forward into their most recent game against Tottenham. And, you know, they've been able to fight and, and get something out, something out of that game and could have really potentially gone on and win it and won it, in all honesty. Yeah, and Bristol has a very important game coming up with Birmingham, um, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of which is another team in that sort of relegation, you know, fight. But there's plenty of time for them to, to pull themselves out. And the gap is not that not that big anymore because no. of, of getting points and where they needed to get. So, um, but from a stat standpoint, Lauren Hemp had eight, uh, shot creating actions, Chloe Kelly, of course, your usual seven, you know, uh, shot creating actions. Um, some from the defensive side, Georgia Stanway got in, got in six tackles. Um, let's see, and then Alex Greenwood, of course, getting you know 102 touches, and Del Kemper getting 98, which is typical. And what else did I want to see? Overall, XG for Manchester City was a 3.5, which is not as technically sound as, you know, probably one would hope. Um, And then the XG for Bristol at the end was, you know, 0.4, which is sort of, which is to be expected. Um, Of course, possession stats remain about typical 68 to 32 for City. But, see, was one thing that was surprising. Okay, eighty-three uh, percent passing accuracy. So Bristol really did a good job to try to cut down, you know, some of the passing, passing down. It just really came down to work rate, and and I think there might have been some. We weren't, as you said, not sure about what Bristol was going to bring, and I'm not sure the team was expecting, um, you know, expecting that much, um, and so forth. So they did get a test. Uh, Kira Walsh, in particular, from a defensive side, had twelve successful pressures. Caroline Weir nine, and Stanway with eight. So, I mean, overall, I mean, it was an okay performance, would you say? Yeah, I would definitely say okay. I wasn't <laughs> enthralled, to be right. honest, by the, the 90 minutes overall. But, um, you know, we had a job to do and we got it done. And I think sometimes it's it was a funny game, really. Um, like I said, you know, it was, it was sort of, we were a little bit off the boil, I think. Mm-hmm. But again, I think, it's difficult because we're heading into a big game. Right. Um, right. Obviously against Barcelona, I think, you know, we saw a lot of rotation again in that squad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, players getting minutes that hadn't really had any minutes at all. You know, the likes of Demi Stokes coming back into the squad, obviously uh, she'd been sidelined with injury. Um, Jess Park as well got some minutes too towards the end of the game. So, you know, players like that coming back into the squad, it's always great to see those players, um, you know, returning after, mm-hmm. you know, such a time away. I think Demi's been out since January. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was great to see her back in the squad. Um, and these players, you know, they've all got a part to play. You know, there's mm-hmm. still a long way Definitely. to go. So. You know, Barcelona's a big game. Um, so to see those players, you know, come in and like I said, that versatility, that rotation, you know, players dropping in and out of positions, you know, it was good to see. Um, even if it it wasn't sort of the most um 
entertaining, I suppose, performance, you know, that we've seen from City of late. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't their typical clinical, surgical, you know, uh, relentless, uh, you know, matchup where you end up, you know, where it was, you know, five nil or six nil, but a lot of credit really needs to go to Bristol. They really worked hard to really try to close things down um, and so forth. And, you know, and now city is in the middle of going through like, you know, midweek match weekend match, another midweek match. And so they're having to do rotation. They did, were able to do rotation, um, you know, in matches before, and they will have to continue to do so. But, you know, again, City, as I mentioned mentioned before the show recording, is, is probably at this point now deeper than they have ever been uh, in, the, in the, the people that can, they can roll out there as needed uh, and move people around as, as they did in this match was, you know, is pretty critical moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Gareth Taylor, you spoke about the pitch as well. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much of a part that played, but you said it was a bit of a sloping pitch. I mean, you know, obviously City were used to playing on um, pretty pretty good surfaces. So, you know, if that, that might have played its part, you know, you never know. It could, it could have been something that went against us. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're professional enough to go right. out and get the result. And I right. think, you know regardless of how we did it, we went and did it. And, you know, like I said, in terms of the season campaign, those three points are really important for us. Yeah, I know that Rob from uh, CFCW uh, Social had talked about the Chelsea match at Bristol, but in the end of that match was in a, you know, downpour. And, you know, they were talking about the pitch then, of course, but it was a downpour at the end of the yeah. match. So well, the conditions were pretty, good pretty, pretty bad um, at the end of that match. Is, is, um, but, yeah, I mean, speaking of Demi Stokes, she got 23 minutes. Rose Lavelle got 10 minutes. Jess Park got four. And Jenny Becky got four minutes, you know, in the match to, you know, to fill out. I mean, it's a good thing to have five substitutions um, to be able to roll out players and rotate people through uh, when the game is nearly done. Um, and so forth. But that brings us to the big thing coming up. And that's, you know, it's Barcelona. Now, mm-hmm. y'all, I want to give y'all a little bit of a history lesson before we get it and get into this, in this mix. Uh, and I was, uh, and the reason why I want to do that is because I was, wa- I have been watching intensely watching Barcelona feminine matches for the last week. All right. Now, as you can see, my eyes, they're nearly bloodshot from watching, watching, not because not because it's so bad to watch because it's really good. They're a great team. They're, they are a semifinal uh, Champions League team, but so is Manchester City, okay? But I've been watching a lot of the games because I looked at the, the, the standings in, in Primera in Spain and saw that at, you know, at the time that they had scored 95 goals and given up only three goals in league competition, had played only 19 games. Now they've played 20 uh, and had scored 90, 95 goals and given up only three in league competition. I was like, mm, okay, what's with that? Um, and, you know, they had blown by, um, you know, I uh, forget the, the team that they had played against in the Champions League. I think they were from Denmark. Yeah, Fortuna Horing, uh, you know, blew by them, uh, which was to be expected. Uh, but in just watching the watching their match, I watched one match in particular, and I believe it was against... Um, Espanol in their uh, in their derby, um, and it was in Johan, Johan Cruyff Stadium, which is the stadium that the uh, that Barcelona B use and the women's team uses uh, to play their matches in. 
And that brings me to the style of play. So we have to go back to Johan Cruyff. Now, Johan Cruyff was a former player. If you all didn't know this, here we go with a history lesson. All right. So Johan Cruyff was a, you know, very excellent, famous football player that came from the Netherlands, played for Barcelona uh, back in the 70s in one of their glory periods of the 70s and was part of the age of what was called total football that came from the Netherlands back in the 70s. Uh, you had teams that had won the Champions League like on the men's side, like Ajax, who had dominated for a while, and Netherlands became one of the powerhouses in Europe. Uh, due to the total football re revolution, which was based a lot on possession-based football, creating space and a lot of passing. Now, Johan Cruyff went away, retired, and then went came back to Barcelona as the manager in the 90s. Now, at that time when he came back in the manager, he created what essentially the dream team of Barcelona men uh, in the 90s. Uh, and one of the players on that team was a young man at the time of, by the name of Pep Guardiola. Now, why is Pep Guardiola important? Well, we'll get to that. Now, part of the dream team in the 90s set this, he created essentially brought total football with a Barcelona style mixed together um, in the 90s, which led to multiple champion, Champions League appearances and even some titles for Barcelona after many years of being done and dusted with that, uh, bringing a possession-based, multiple passing, keep the ball and the idea was particularly was that his thought process was you can never lose if you never lose the ball if you lose the ball you have to get the ball back and you just keep the ball and then you attack when you can when you create space to do so sound familiar it's a, i yeah. was just gonna say it sounds a bit familiar doesn't it, it? sounds very familiar <laughs> it should it was all johan cruyff from starting from the 70s it evolved in the 90s when he was a manager for barcelona pep guardiola who was the captain of the the, the dream team at that time uh was a ardent student of Johann Cruyff, ardent and almost uh, to a fanatical level um, and so forth. So fast forward. Um, now, I don't, I'm not going to get into the politics or the insider politics of Barcelona uh, when it came to the early, the late 2000s into the 2010s. But long story short, there was a schism between Johan Cruyff and Barcelona. However, he became still was part, a uh, major part of the in in out politics. Eventually, he was the one that decided who said, "You know what? You know what, y'all? Pep Guardiola, who was at the time the B, uh, the uh, Barcelona B coach, said y'all need to hire him to be the first team manager for Barcelona." And everyone was like, "What?" Oh, okay. And so they named him, he became uh, the, the manager. And that was history because again, that total football into control possession football now turned into what Pep Guardiola hates to have it called Tiki Taka football. <laughs> and that basically was again, and he, and he brought in the idea of the six second rule. The six second rule is this is you keep the ball, you keep the ball, you pass the ball, one, two, one, two, one, two, keep moving, create space, put people, move bodies in the space, spread the defense out, creating more space and then punch it in when it became possible. Beautiful style of football and it revolutionized Barcelona and Barcelona has been riding on that coattail for the last decade uh, because of it. But the six second rules, if you lose the ball, you have six seconds to get the ball back. High press, high press, high press, high press. And so 
that was what Barcelona did. Now, one of the key aspects of this was the idea of La Masia. La Masia is the academy and, the, and Barcelona has been involved with women's football for decades and decades and decades and decades. Uh, and in the 2010 era, uh, or actually the late 2000s, they put a lot of resources into women's football through La Masia, through the academy system, through the girls program, through the women's program. And the idea and the way that club was run at the time was that the manager at that time, Pep Guardiola was, was essentially said your culture, everything was a Croyfian culture led by Guardiola and everything trickled down. So the system, the offense, the defense, the planning, the tactics, everything trickled down to all of the programs, including the women's program, the girls program, etc., which then set Barcelona on its way. Now, why is this important? Why? Because the women's program in Barcelona became the biggest in Spain uh, with the numerous amount of resources and numerous amount of popularity of the women's program, and they became massive. Pep Guardiola eventually goes to Bayern Munich and eventually then comes to Manchester City. That becomes important because he brought in with Tiki Bergestan, who was also an executive at Barcelona before Pep Guardiola got to Manchester City, brought in the entire culture, the tactics, everything. They had, Manchester City wanted Pep Guardiola before they even went to Bayern uh, after four, four years at um, Barcelona. Pep Guardiola comes and the system is completely set up. All of the tactics, all of the strategy, all the, the tiki-taka, if you want to call it that, moves into into Manchester City, and then, of course, trickles all the way down to the academy system, the women's program, um, and the first teams. Now, what you have now is two teams, Barcelona Femini, Manchester City, who essentially play the same exact style of play. They mirror each other, and they still do. Now, I would also say, watching Manchester City and going back with their women's program back a couple of watching some past years, they are more technically and tactically sound in that style now than they were maybe two or three years ago. It's evolved um, into a more into. I don't know if you would call it a more pure form. Barcelona's tactics remain exactly the same. Basically, they treat opposing defenses like rubber bands. What they try to do is essentially pass you to death with possession, possession, pass, one, two, one, two, one, two, in order to essentially spread the defense out, move them out of position to create space for midfielders, forwards, whoever to get into the box, pass it in either through crosses or just straight on in through the middle and then have create goal scoring opportunities on defense. It's a high press, high press, high press, very high uh, to try to win the ball back in an easier position to score either on a counter or to pull back and keep the ball. Every single Barcelona feminine match that I've seen going back two years, um, basically same tactical style. Um, the only time they run into difficulty is either really strong organized defenses, sound familiar, or a high, a, a, basically a mirror situation where they go against the high press. Barcelona Femini was in the semifinals last year in the Champions League, lost to Wolfsburg, who's also a quarterfinalist. Uh, this year, they lost to Wolfsburg 1-0. Um, it's probably the last time they haven't scored a goal. Um, so mirror image of each other. Um, other thing I want to say, end of history lesson, 
last goal they gave up in open play was against the Porto La Coruna uh, in, on December the 22nd was the last goal they gave up in open play. Last goal they gave up period was against Real Madrid, and that was a penalty. But that's so really, that's Barcelona. Spanish, by the way. Huh? <laughs> I'm so impressed with your Espanol pronunciation. That's so good because I'm rubbish. <laughs> um, honestly, I think, like you said, I think it's it's going to be such a, a well-evened um, match, really. I think for the first time this season, I'm, I'm really apprehensive heading into it. Um, and I don't doubt the team at all. I, I don't mm-hmm. doubt that we can't go out and get a result. Uh, but I certainly think it's going to be uh, evenly thought uh, for out. I really do. Um, you know, Barcelona have got some, some fantastic players and they've built a really good, strong squad um, that are, just like you said, just, you know, really fantastic to watch. I, I do kind of feel that within uh, the Spanish league, you know, there isn't, like we see here, uh, like we see in France, there is a, a a gap, if you like, between those top teams and, you know, the the other teams in the table sort of thing. And, you know, you've got a team like Barcelona who's kind of running away with it at the moment and there's not really anyone to stop them. Um, you know, they've had a, a fantastic season. They really have. And, and they'll be, have so much momentum going into it. Um I, I kind of feel that this game is going to be probably one of the biggest t- tests that we've faced this season. Uh, I think it'll be a, a true, um, it'll give us a, a truer picture of where we're at in terms of performance. You know, um, you know, Gareth Taylor has spoke about, you know, this we're not we're not the final product. There's still improvements that we need to make as a team, and I think this will really show those weaknesses if if there is any that um you know they they might come out on Wednesday but I um I think in the way that City need to attack this match we need to go there with a view to you know get goals um I think it will be relatively open um uh, in terms of the scoring opportunities because both teams like you say play quite similar um you know even if we can go there and get a draw I'll be really happy just to, to come back to the academy with the away goal because I think it will be really important. Yeah, and you know, Barcelona is nine points up in their lead for Nimera, um, with and they have three games in hand over Levante, um, and that's Levante is one of their opponents that are that is coming up. Uh, but one of the things about Barcelona, similarly to Manchester City, is that they can score from anywhere. Their leading goal scorer is a midfielder, Jennifer Hermoso, who's got 16 goals and eight assists. The next next player down is one of their four, is the Shorola. She's got 15 goals and three assists. Uh, Lexia, uh, another midfielder, she's got three goals and uh, not three goals, 12 goals and three assists. Uh, Caroline Ensign, another midfielder, nine goals and 13 assists. Very similar type of statistics. This is very similar style of play. Barcelona does fall victim you know, to at times being a bit sloppy. Sometimes they get a little impatient uh, if if one of the teams is playing a really strong organized low block. Um, I I see, you know, at times they, they are not as technically sound. Uh, and part of it, I part of it, I, to be honest, they're a great team, but they're playing, they're not, I don't see them as tested with, as you mentioned, in their own league as in, as, uh, as in the case with City, where they are have been tested, 
the WSL is, a, is right now a stronger league from top to bottom. When you have, when city has to play teams, you know, um, like Chelsea, like Arsenal, like Manchester United now, like teams like Reading and Everton, uh, for example. And, and again, no, no disrespect to teams like Tottenham and Bristol um, and so forth, but from top to bottom, the WSL is stronger now. And so they, yeah. I think City's been tested against teams that are going to play a similar style, other teams that are going to try to counter against them, other teams that are going to play control possession um, and so forth, where Barcelona just has not been tested. And I think that will be, that's going to be the major test for them is like, you know, for cities like, okay, yeah, we've seen this before with Barcelona, though they are very, very experienced in European competitions. They're very, um, you know, the, um, they got very experienced players, very talented players, world-class national team players for multiple countries, including mostly most of them from Spain. Um, as far as being tested as a team this season, um, you, you start, it's like playing FIFA and you start with easy and then you go to legendary, <laughs> you know, where you start now you're fighting, a, you know, a solid side. Um, the other issue is that they're not playing in, they're not playing the away leg, Mercedes not playing the away leg and Barcelona. And, and I think that's critical because Bar- City is going to be able to play at the Academy Stadium, but Barcelona is not going to be able to, due to COVID restrictions, they're going to have to play again in Italy. And it's yeah. not like the situation with, um, I think the situation with Wolfsburg and Chelsea, where they're playing both legs away. Um, the situation with Barcelona and City is going to be uh, the first match, to, you know, that's coming up this week is in Italy, the next one at the Academy Stadium. And I think that's going to be critical uh, as well, don't you think? Yeah, massively. It's Mon- Monza, isn't it? I think. Yeah, Monza, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think obviously, did obviously already had this in the last round uh, for whatever reason with regards to COVID. Obviously, uh, they've got to play at Monza. So, yeah, I think... It, it favours City um, in terms of that sort of neutral venue, I suppose. Um, but, you know, we've got to treat it as the away leg, like we would do anyway. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be really important to go out and, and get a strong start. I think we've got to be resolute. We've got to show all the, the positives that we've, you know, um, we've especially seen within the squad from sort of December to now, you know, all those positive uh, games of positive, you know, possession-based play that we've had, the the quick, you know, one-two touches like you've touched upon there and, you know, just that, uh, you know, finishing in front of goal as well, you know. Yeah. You know, we've, we've been a bit off the boil again in recent games, but, you know, it's not for limited opportunities. We've had the opportunities. It's just the finishing that's not been there and, you know, players like Sam, Sam Mewis and, you know, Becky, you know, Janine Becky, who've had moments, one-on-one moments with the keeper in games and just not getting that final finish is just kind of ensuring that, you know, we're putting those to bed because that, that, you know, we might only get two opportunities, but they could be the two opportunities that change the game, you know, Um, and it's simple stuff. It's simple stuff. So, yeah, just to, to kind of... As well, you know, with uh, Seth Horton and and um, you know Lucy Bronze, obviously both haven't featured in the last two games, so I think their sort of rest will hopefully play an important part in this game because I think it's vital that hopefully we can go out there with our, 
you know, captain, you know, leading the squad as well. You know, she's going to play a, a really important role in the back line. You know, we've got we've got to be strong. And I think Steph is a real true leader um, and she'll be the one person that I want out, out there on the pitch in Italy. Yeah, and I would definitely agree with that. Um, and I think she's one of the key keys to the match. Lucy's definitely a key to the match for City. But I think wh- whoever is going to come out on top is going to be whoever team man- manages to try to dominate the midfield. The midfield is going to be pretty pretty well cre- key because that's where the action is going to be. That's where uh-huh. the spaces are going to open up um, because both teams are going to have the high press. Both teams are going to open the middle. And the more opportunities you can get, dominate the mid- midfield, uh, so the midf- midfield players are important. Um, the defense is going to be put on a, a lot of stress, um, but both of them are. Both defenses are going to be a lot of stress, but it's going to be the midfield that's going to be key. Um, and experience is going to be key um, as well. Um, Barcelona can be gotten, if they're, if your team can counter, Barcelona's defense, even though, you, yeah, you see that they've only given up, you know, you know, three goals in the competition. But if you, you if you catch them at the right moment on the counter with speed in the through the midfield, um, they can get a little bit vulnerable. Uh, and we've seen that also with City be vulnerable to the same thing. And, and that's one of the the drawbacks, um, you know, to you know to this match. Um, my brain just completely froze just now. Uh, I had something else in mind um, in terms of that. Uh, in terms of that, but players like Caroline Weir um, are, you know, it's going to be, is important. Chloe's going to be extremely important. Kara Walsh is going to be someone like that. Those types of players are going to be very, very important um, moving forward. Um, and, you know, patience is the key, but I think if city can walk, get, uh, get out of Italy with one goal and either have, be it at least one goal and at least have a draw, they don't have, I don't think they necessarily have to win the match. I think they need to have a draw and get at least an away goal and then come back to Academy Stadium. That, I think, will be a victory. Yeah. You know, so I, I still will back my team. Of course you, know, you will. You're supposed to. I'm, I'm still going to want them <laughs> to go there and get, I'm still going to want them to go there and get the win. But oh, I just course. think looking at the two sides, I think it, it probably has got maybe a draw written all over it. Um, but I don't want it. I want it to be a draw with goals. Uh, I've got two, two in my mind for some reason, but yeah, I, I um, like I said, this season, I think, you know, we've had some big games, like you said already. I think this is the one game where I do feel that little bit of apprehension heading into it just because of, you know, like you said, those big players, um, well-known, you know, legendary, legendary players that Barcelona have got, you know, within their squad, you know, they've they've kind of had players that they've kept amongst the ranks, you know, for many a season now, and they've just bought the players in, you know, slowly and gradually just built themselves up to this, you know, what, you know, team that have just become like a fortress of, of Spain. And I think, you know, that's incredible. Um, but I just think, you know, like I said, in terms of, to me, they're a bit like a, a bit like a Leon, you know, like a, the, the, the Leon are of France. You know, it's took a while now for these teams like, you know, PSG to sort of be in in their sort of realm and to be competing, you know, at that top, top level. And I think it's, it's happening in Spain, you know, it's happening. But I still think there is such just such a, a, a bit of a gap there at the top. 
Yeah, and I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw also. I was about to go with a 1-1, but these offenses are way too good. <laughs> yeah, well, this <laughs> is it, too good. isn't it? Like... Uh, but I, I think that, I mean, I really think there's going to be, a, it's going to be a draw. It's going to be, uh, uh, and it's going to be an entertaining match because the style of play is so great. I mean, it, it, you know, I love the style of play that both teams have. They're going to mirror each other. Um, I, I had a thought that it might cancel each other out, you know, um, but I don't think so. I think it's going to be a spectacle and in a, I, and I say spectacle in a very positive way for the neutral. I think this is the most intriguing quarterfinal matchup. Yeah, I uh, think it's one of the biggest matches in this uh, round. You know, and I, I do think there'll be a lot of eyes on this one for sure. Uh, yeah, I really do. And so I, and, and so I hope for the neutral and I hope for the sport in general, that it is going to be the spectacle that it looks like it could be, uh, for, for the sport itself. So we have run out of time for today here at England is burning. Um, as we close out this Monday, this March day, this spring and everything else. Um, so we've given our prediction for the first leg of, of, uh, of uh, Barcelona and Manchester City. So hopefully when we speak again, uh, hopefully things will be on a positive note uh, going forward. So, and I know you, Emma, are going to keep things very, very positive for your squad. Always. Uh, always. <laughs> so in closing, remember everyone that the light is out there. Please acknowledge it and please let it become part of you. And also, unfortunately, we have seen, we have heard in the ATL and all over the darkness that is there. We have to acknowledge it. Do not let the darkness hug you ever. If it does, please take care of yourself. Get help. Get help. And also support each other. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. Press a like if you like the video. Share the, uh, the podcast with your friends. Word of mouth is very important. And England is burning. It is going to close for today. Thank you very much.